On this episode of Isolated But Not Alone, we're going to be continuing our discussion on the family from the Christian perspective. Last week, we talked a lot about grace, to forgive and be forgiven. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about empowerment, to serve and to be served. And I really find this topic to be interesting because it's all about power. And power plays a crucial role in relationship dynamics. So when we talk about power within a relationship, we're talking about the traditional or conventional definition is the ability to influence another person. And its emphasis is placed on that ability, that ability to get what we want through influencing another person. So we're going to dive into this topic and it's exciting. So stay tuned. Hi, this is James Rains, and you're listening to Isolated but not alone, a podcast that seeks to bring mental health awareness to rural and isolated communities. I just wanted to take this time to let you know that this and other content produced by James Rains is not therapy and is not intended to be therapy or to replace therapy. Nothing in this podcast indicates or creates a therapeutic relationship. Please consult with your therapist or seek one in your area if you are experiencing any type of mental health symptoms. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as specific life advice, and it is simply for the purpose of education. Welcome back to Isolated But Not Alone. On today's podcast, we're going to be discussing power. And power is always a fun topic for me. I absolutely love the topic of power because power plays such an important role in so many different aspects of our lives. When you think of like the traditional definition of power, you think of energy, of the creation of energy. We think of power within the human body, power of the mind. When I hear power, I think of my motorcycle. So if you don't know me, I do own a motorcycle. Actually, I'm getting ready to sell my motorcycle, but I do own one, and it's a 2005 Victory Hammer, and so it's got a lot of power. But I also think of like sports cars and high-performance cars that have a lot of horsepower, right? That ability to go fast, to create energy, to spin a tire, to move. And I've always been fascinated with that growing up in a home where multiple people in my family had sports cars. I've always found power to be an interesting topic. But I never really realized until later in my life how much power as a dynamic plays a role in our relationships. And sometimes that's subtly seen, and sometimes it's very direct. But oftentimes people in a relationship bring a portion of power into that relationship. As I said in the introduction, the most common or conventional definition of power is the ability to influence another person. And what's interesting here is this is not actually the exercise of authority. It's placed on one's ability to influence. But with these definitions, there's an underlying assumption that people are trying to use power to decrease rather than increase the power of those they are trying to influence. So here we kind of have those power dynamics, right? And so when you think of influence, you think of influencing another person, often what you're trying to do is you're trying to decrease their power and increase your own power, right? So decrease theirs, increase yours. So it's kind of like they lose, you win. And I've always found win-wins as the best solution. Oftentimes we find ourselves in these predicaments where it feels like a lose-lose or a lose-win or a win-lose. And oftentimes I think it's important to strive for a win-win. 
and how often have folks had that perception of, I'm going to do my best to have a win-win versus using their power over another person in order to gain something at the expense of that person, which I feel unfortunately harms relationships. Now, I know that in a perfect world, everybody could have a win-win and we don't necessarily live in a perfect world. And so there are times where there'll be lose-lose. There are times where somebody will take advantage of us. There are times where we'll take advantage of somebody else. But I feel like if folks really strived to have that win-win, the world would be just a little bit better of a place. And how often do we have it within our power to help benefit someone and instead we choose not to, or to benefit ourselves more, even though maybe we could have benefited a little bit less for that person's benefit. Oftentimes, when I think of selling stuff and buying stuff, so a little background story on me is I spent a lot of time, a considerable amount of time, with my grandparents staying over at their home. And my grandpa was what is called a wheeler-dealer kind of guy, right? So he sold and bought things all day long, right? Traded, whatever you could imagine, he was doing it, right? He was always kind of moving and selling and buying and trading and selling and buying and trading. Like things would be at their house for only a short time and then disappear because they'd either have traded it, sold it, and oftentimes you were afraid to leave anything at the house that was yours because it would just eventually disappear. And you never really knew what he gained or didn't gain because he was constantly moving. So a lot of times he'd be trading something so that he could use that something to trade for something bigger or to buy something else. There was always some kind of plan or something that you didn't quite know as an outside person that he was doing. And I actually came to really dislike that, that bargaining, that constant like back and forth haggling is what they call it. I didn't really care for that. Even as a young person watching that and being involved in that and him trying to teach me those skills to benefit myself at the expense of another person. And I never really enjoyed that. I've never really took to that. Now, don't get me wrong. Just like everybody else, I have tendencies that are self-focused, right? That have tendencies where I benefit myself at the expense of others. Everyone has that. No one is completely selfless, Right? We all have that selfish side right? where we do a little bit more, we eat a little bit more, we take a little bit more than we're given out or that we need. And this was an opportunity for me as a young person to learn something. I didn't like this. Right? I didn't like that in the extreme right? where it was constantly about getting for less, right? constantly about benefiting me at the expense of somebody else who may have a lack of knowledge or who may not be able to have boundaries or stand their ground when it came to the sales relationship. And even though I did my, even though I did the majority of work on my master's of business administration, I really tried to stay away from sales. Now I've done sales and I don't like it, <laughs> right? Because I don't like creating relationships with people based on a falsehood so that I can gain from them something for myself. I've never liked that. And oftentimes there are these shallow acquaintance type relationships where people are benefiting from the relationship financially in a business aspect. And to me, that's always felt uncomfortable. And though I was good at it, I didn't like it. And so I've kind of always avoided getting too big into sales as a person just for that exact reason. Because to me, there's a dissonance there, a disconnect. And my grandpa was a perfect example of that, right? So I didn't come out of that unscathed, right? I came out of it with skills to where I could manipulate, 
I could gain at the benefit of somebody else. I could sell things to people. I could buy things at a discounted rate. I kind of know what value is and what's not valuable and how to market the unvaluable parts of something to seem more valuable than they actually are. (laughs) You know, how to overcome objections when people aren't quite sold, right? And you have to kind of guide them or direct them or manipulate them into a yes when they've already given you a no. So because I grew up in that world, it's very difficult for me to sell anything. (laughs) So right now my motorcycle is up for sale and I have so much anxiety because the last thing I want to do is sell that motorcycle. And not necessarily because I don't want to sell it, but because I don't want to have to go through the process of actually interacting with people, holding my ground on the price, haggling, negotiating, any of those type of things. And yet that is power. And oftentimes people live in their relationships with these power dynamics. And sometimes they're aware of them and sometimes they're not. So what is empowerment? Empowerment from the Christian perspective is an active and intentional process of helping another person to become empowered. The empowered person is equipped strengthened, built up, matured, and has gained skills because of the encouragement and support of another person. Like grace, this flows out of a covenant because a covenant relationship says, I seek the best of the other person. And when two people are seeking the best of each partner, they are empowering each other. But it takes grace to do that because without grace, people can start to act in a way where they manipulate where they use their power to benefit and to gain at the expense of the other person versus seeking the best for that other person and doing your part as that partner to encourage and support them. Empowerment never involves control. It never involves force. It's respectful and reciprocal. And it takes place between people in mutually enhancing ways, meaning that both people are benefiting. So, for example, if you are in a relationship where you are constantly empowering somebody and feel empty, drained, depleted because you are never being empowered, that is not a healthy relationship. I think some of the issues when it comes to power is first the belief that power is limited, that we only have so much power. And that is partially true. When you think about fighting with your partner, having arguments, having conflict, having tension, you often can feel afterwards drained, depleted, empty, exhausted, right? Like you don't have any energy, you don't have any power to continue this, especially if the argument comes from a deep wounded or an old wounded place. Kind of those mindset of, oh, this is happening again, not again. I just don't have the energy for this. I just don't have the time for this, right? And so in that sense, power is in a short supply. But from the Christian perspective, power comes from God and from the Holy Spirit. And that power is unlimited. The character of God is that he gives power and empowers others freely. And this goes so much against the common thought processes that a relationship should be where you are getting more than you're giving. But the downside of that is, as you can probably guess, is that if you view relationships like that, as soon as you're not getting what you feel you are supposed to get, or it becomes lopsided in any way, the relationship is done because it's not benefiting you anymore. And then we see this like individual who hops from relationship, 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 relationship. What's also interesting about power is you can see it really well in traditional thinking about parent-child relationships. This is the idea that power is unlimited supply. Parents often fear that as their children grow older and gain more power, their parental authority, their parental power is automatically reduced. And you can see this with 
parents of teenagers, right? Where they just feel like the battle is over, right? Like they're exhausted because they're constantly trying to control, keep their power over their teenage son or daughter. And it is a time when adolescent folks are becoming empowered to launch out of the home. So a relationship empowering approach to parenting begins with reconsidering the nature of power and authority. And when you think about that, when you think of children who obey out of fear or under coercion, it usually backfires. An emotional barrier usually develops when children are loyal out of obligation rather than choice. But yet, the opposite, this empowerment, leads to mature interdependency. So there is both a sense of freedom from the family and a sense of connection with the family. And this kind of love is faithful, honorable, predictable when the relationship is threatened or in danger. So sadly, oftentimes parents are tempted to keep children dependent. I always call these the helicopter parents, and I know that's what they're called as well. But parents who have a really difficult time letting their children make mistakes, especially if it's mistakes they themselves have made. So this transition to self-reliance is difficult for the parents and the children. So that's empowerment. Empowerment. It's extremely important to empower others, especially within the relationship. And so often I see relationships that are not empowering. I see relationships where people are trying to take more than they give, that they are measuring the relationship's success on how they are benefiting at the expense of their partner, or people who are so afraid of to be vulnerable because they have been hurt in the past that they are in the relationship oftentimes in a way to get something from it and not necessarily to open themselves up for fear of being harmed or hurt. So next week, we're going to talk about intimacy. To know and to be known. So remember, you might be isolated, but you're not alone. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast enough to share it with friends and family. And reach out with any questions you might have about mental health. And we will do our best in future shows to answer those questions. And remember... It might feel like you're isolated, and maybe you are, but you're not alone.